What's going on? It's Monday afternoon. It's one o'clock on the Eastern Standard Time, 1300 for all you military folk out there. And we got a special Monday afternoon edition because my boy Leo, straight from France, is coming live. And me and him are going to talk a little MMA, a little current events, and maybe a little spotlight on some uh, some forgotten legends. Here we go. Let's bring in Leo right now. What's up, Leo? Woo! Hi. <laughs> Yo, it's been a long time, brother. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Yeah. Thank you very much. What about you? Oh, dude. I'm one of the busiest people you've ever talked to in your entire life. And I'm I'm only just saying that because I feel like I'm busy as fuck all the time. But uh what's up, Susan? Hello. And uh Susan says hello to you, um, hello. Leo. Oh yeah, I have the Ma- comments there. Yeah. Yeah, make sure make sure you guys are liking and sharing. Share the shit out of this to all the pages because honestly, I don't know how many people are going to be paying attention to me and Leo talking some MMA like we love to do at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday, but we're going to fucking do it anyway. Um, I have recently become the first sergeant in my company, so I'm in charge of two hundred and forty something people now, and it's a nonstop fun time dude i'm like everybody's dad now so that's why i say i'm always that's amazing yeah thank you and on top of that you know i'm running two shows you know me and mike are running two shows a week we're pulling a bunch of guests pulling those guests takes a lot of time and effort in uh, making contacts and reaching out to people so it's like my wife worries about the lack of sleep that i have but you know what i mean we'll sleep when we make it coffee Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah the coffee is the nectar of the gods what about yourself leo tell us what you've been up to we haven't talked to you on the show in a couple months now uh you know same old these <laughs> music and uh mma uh, i still follow around and uh yeah everything's good everything's quiet covid uh is COVID. getting beat back so yeah yeah, what is it like over there in France right now as far as uh, COVID restrictions and all that stuff goes? Because I'm, I'll, before I let you answer, I'll tell you right now that it's it's kind of lightened up in the United States. A lot of people, a shit, ton, a large percentage of people have gotten the vaccine, so they've lightened up on like mask restric- restrictions and large crowds. Uh, what's yeah. it like for you guys over there? So um, the story is uh, we are the biggest vaccine country in Europe from what I heard. Uh, so yeah, we have less restrictions than some other countries. Uh, maybe because we have less cases as well. For example, Austria is uh, having a lot of, of cases, so they have put back the whole restriction program and everything. Uh, from what I can tell, apparently they, in my region, but it's a regional thing, they put back the masks outside in the streets, you know, in the outside. Just, yeah. Yeah, so. Wait a minute, uh, they're making you guys wear masks out, outside in the streets? Stupid! I know, I know, I know. It's the stupidest (laughs) government in Europe. Is the French one? You can't imagine. I I don't say anything about that. But really, yeah, fuck's sake! I don't wear the mask outside. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dumb. You're not one of those freaks. (laughs) I mean, Uh, in the shop, yes, but that's me. That's me outside. Well, I can tell you right now, dude, that uh, it's it's lightened up over here. Everyone's getting their shots, and thank God for that shit. And um, and venues are opening up, and like like you know, me and Mike have been traveling to events, and crowds are getting larger. Uh, we just went to one up in New York that they were kind of stupid about. So, the fights were in a casino. 
on the casino floor, in any of the bars, in any of the restaurants, and on the gambling floor, sitting at a blackjack table, standing at a craps table, you don't have to wear a mask. Where you did have to wear a mask is when you enter the arena area around like the food and like t-shirt vendors and like bathrooms. Once you entered the arena, you could take them off again. I'm like, so, so you guys as a casino here are enforcing the fucking masks from the entry here to the entry of the arena. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. You fucking morons. You know, it's just to make <laughs> believe people that they, they doing something, you know, they, they, they need, you know, the attention. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're doing something. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm not ignoring you. I'm just sharing the shit out of this to a bunch of yeah, pages. No right worries, no worries. So we can so get yeah, some... I can't share myself because I'm still zooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so this past weekend there was no UFC, there was no Bellator that I can remember. I don't remember if there was a Bellator this weekend. But there was a couple events. There was uh, there was the Tiafimo Lopez boxing match that went on that Lopez lost, by the way, which a lot of people were surprised by that. But the big story of the weekend was Triller's triad combat. Did you take a look at it? Did you peek at it? You know, what do you know about it, Leo? Because I have some really big opinions on it, and I want to just talk about that a little bit. So go ahead and uh, what, what did you think about it? I, I picked at it, and to be fair, uh, compared to the other, some of the shit shows that they could do, Twitter, because they did some really bad ones. They did some really bad stuff. And, and while, while that spending shit ton of money and losing, I think, a bunch. But this one was interesting because I like those uh, boxing versus MMA cards, and that was one of those. Even the undercard was a, a bunch of MMA fighters, some of them uh, more famous than others. Um, the, the three main interesting ones were, of course, uh, the Mike Perry fight mm -hmm. versus Michael Seals, uh, Alexander Flores versus Matt Mitrion that I didn't saw. Actually, I know that uh, Matt Mitrion lost by UD, but I don't know um, how competitive he was. And uh, Puliev knocked out Frank oh, yeah. feet, and that was wow, that was nasty. It was nasty, and dude, I'll tell you right now. So what they were like really, they were pushing it as MMA versus boxing. You know, Team Shannon Briggs and his boxers against Team Rampage and a bunch of MMA fighters. And they did a decent job uh, matching guys up. You had Derek Campos, who put on a really nice fight with uh, Brian Vera. You had Mike Perry. Mike Perry, I don't know. I don't know if people thought that the, the, the split decision was controversial because he got knocked down in the fourth. But Mike Perry showed had a really great showing he put a put on a really good show and he took a fucking shot he showed his toughness and he pulled out a victory for mma the one that um the one that made no sense to me as a combat sports guy and and you'll probably agree with this was the pulev versus frank mir the matching yeah. the matching of that fight the made matching no, was bad. no yeah, fucking yeah. sense because for those who don't know pulev is he's 28 and two in his career he's a legit yeah title contender heavyweight boxer and, and, and one of those defeats is his last fight against anthony joshua yes and the other and one was... vladimir klitschko yeah he's only lost two times in his career against two of the best in the world at the time and they're gonna put him in there against you know chubby slow frank mir and we'll talk more about frank mir later because i love that guy and i think oh, he's a legend yeah. and the fact that he got tossed in there 
they the the Triller guys use Frank Mir's big name to pull numbers, which is smart. It's a business move, but but they they threw him in there against a legit fucking killer heavyweight yeah. boxer. The thing about that is uh, that first of all, I didn't knew that Frank Mir's name still had that much uh, money behind it uh, still today. Uh, so I was surprised that he would they would do a main event with him. Uh, that's interesting. And the other thing is, uh, Frank Mir isn't like Ben Askren. He got some hands. But the problem is the level of Puliev. Like His last fight, Frank Mir, uh, he fought uh, during the uh, Jake Paul card. Mm-hmm. And he got beaten, but I can't remember. Yeah, you know what? Was. I can't even remember the duty boxed either. And he got pieced up in that one. He, he got pieced up, but the guy was a professional boxer as well. Like an alleged guy. But I can't remember his name. But I thought that was a tough one. That was a tough one for Mir, so... What I thought. Who's the matchmaker? Like, I don't know guy. who the matchmakers are. I I don't know all the details about Triller and and Triad Combat. I I do like the concept, and I'm going to tell you why. The rule set is a really awesome combination of like boxing and MMA. Whereas, it, just like in bare knuckle, you're allowed to fight in the clinch mm. as long as you stay active. Um, you could fight in the clinch. The box, the gloves are fingerless, like MMA type gloves. So it's boxing rules with MMA gloves, basically dirty boxing, bare knuckle rules. Uh, no kicks, no knees, no elbows, but you can throw spinning back fists. You can throw Superman punches, which is fucking awesome. I think that's, that's awesome. so, yeah, that's so cool. Uh, one thing that Sean Wheelock put out a good video with, with the rule set for triad combat. When you're in the clinch, you, you're not allowed to foot stomp like in MMA. But what you can do is plant your foot on top of the other guy's foot. So if you have an overhook on an arm, right, and you're dirty boxing and you step on your opponent's foot, you could just stay on it. And and keep working on the clinch. <laughs> I thought that was a cool little rule that they put in there. What, what's up, Tony Loco Soto? DJ Tony, what's up? Ben Stepanoff, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in, guys, on this Monday afternoon. We're talking triad combat sports with Leo live from fucking France. <laughs> Our guy from ben the other side. <laughs> yeah, so what, did you know anything about those rules? Like, I, I think it's such a cool... I didn't know you could, like, put your feet on somebody's... Uh... Yeah, I knew it was, like, open boxing traditional boxing standards uh term but uh i didn't you could do something like that that's that's weird but it's fun like yeah why not and you wouldn't want to put knees and stuff even if for, for the mma guys it would be a big advantage if you could like <clears throat> at least authorize the knees to the belly or something like that you know some kind of right like that yeah i mean that just turns into kickboxing at that point but uh it, it does so kickboxing it does <laughs> so kickboxing that's why you don't want to do that uh right but, i uh, think it's i think the the rule set's really cool yeah the triangle ring is a is a gimmick, but it's a catchy gimmick. And what it does, it, it's meant to keep the action like it's it's meant to force the action. There's really nowhere to run in a in a triangle ring. And it's, you know, you're you're in a corner no matter where you go. Um, the the big thing about Triller and combat and uh, Triad Combat is uh, is the money behind it and the production value. One thing that these guys are doing is really dumping some money into the production value itself. They're getting big name musical acts. They're yeah. getting big name MMA fighters that are coming out, you know, Come coming out. As well. Snoop. Snoop Dogg. They got uh, Sean Wheelock. Like I said, Sean Wheelock is BKFC's voice and he he's doing uh, Triller events. They're really doing it. And 
and what when they when Mike Perry's salary was released, this is like a huge, you know, red flag for UFC and BKFC. Unless, and Mike, Mike and I were talking about this, unless BKFC is somehow in bed with these guys, because Mike Perry signed with the BKFC, he's over there. Um, Sean Wheelock is the voice of BKFC, he's over there. There's certain uh, Frank Mir had dealings with the with the BKFC he's over in Chile. Yeah. So maybe they're all working together. I don't know, but for a guy coming off of a UFC contract and saying where where can I go right now? I can go to Bellator, I can go to one, I can go to PFL, I can go take the gloves off and fight bare knuckle or ACW even some some of them go. Yeah. Right. Or I could go to fucking Triller. Triller, yeah, yeah. I, 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 even like some people, I think are uh, a bit tentative to go to BKFC because they don't want to get open too much cuts and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe Triller, it's more boxing in their mind. It's, it's more easy money. But uh, there's something about that. But if they fight uh, YouTubers and stuff or MMA guys, I mean, that goes to boxing in Triller. Um, those guys, if if they um, uh, if they go to Twitter and fight YouTubers, it's good, you know. They make easy money, or they they don't lose, or they they, you know, like Tyrone Woodley, they, they lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, when they fight like professional boxers, like Frank Mir did, that stuff, you know, I think um, we're gonna get used to see a lot of older former MMA guys goes to Twitter and get faced with tough boxer and, and, and most of them will lose i think because i mean you got to face it uh boxers are better at boxing most of the time yeah i agree <laughs> I, I totally agree but it all it does um yeah you're right and then you get to see all these guys who we love to see in the in the uh, octagon for all these years going over there and just taking l's that they don't deserve to get you know what i mean yeah 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 i would prefer to see them fighting uh, Nate Robinson, the, the basketball guy, or people like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it does, dude. It gives like this triad combat. So, like a guy, say Robbie Lawler, or or Cowboy Cerrone, or um, or Carlos Condit, or one of these guys, or or Tyron Woodley, that are that are their UFC career. Tyron's done, but the rest of them are like getting close to the end. I don't know if Condit retired or not, but. These this is a perfect place for those guys that have yeah. big enough names to draw a quarter million dollar paycheck like Mike Perry and possibly pull off a win without having to take the gloves all the way off and get chopped up in a in a bare knuckle. Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And they and they make decent money. Uh, but you know, we saw many many times in history companies like spending so much money. Uh, having these stars like affliction yeah like they they put too much money in right they put away too much money in and, pff, because they they must get this money from somewhere you know it's it's not like at least it must be in an offshore bank account somewhere in the caribs <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know man i i would if i had to grade it i would say it was a solid b i i don't know like i don't think it was a bad I, you know, I didn't watch the entire event. I watched three or four of the fights. I watched, I, I, I like to skim through and like look for production 
value and like i said even all their boxing events have been put on really well i'm not the hugest fan about having a like a concert in the middle of a fucking event but yeah, especially if you don't like the music you got to watch fucking uh, justin bieber and i'm like oh no <laughs> so i just shut out shut down the sound on the stream you know <laughs> michael hanowski in the comments says if a bag of cocaine started a combat sports promotion <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a goddamn party you're right a huge <laughs> party <laughs> it's a huge party but it's got it's a huge par party sitting on a pile of money paying their fighters really well and and like i can't hate what they're doing man Matt Brown. You, uh, Matt Brown, yeah. How many fights? Uh, Matt Brown had already retired once from uh, from the UFC a couple of years ago. He made his comeback. He's looked good since he's been back. But I'll tell you right now, Matt Brown, I would love to see Matt Brown in the BKFC with no gloves on. But he's a perfect guy for uh, – he doesn't have a big enough name to, like, headline a triad combat event. But he could, yeah. could co-main or do what Mike Perry did and become – like a feature bout on a triad combat and put on a nice show, I for sure. But a big part of Matt Brown's game is on the ground as well, on the wrestling. Also his right. elbows. He has and nasty his elbows, elbows and stuff. So that's that's uh, that's taking a lot away from him, you know, just putting him into boxing. And uh, about Matt Brown, he might be re retiring, I don't know, because like he got COVID now. No, did he? He's, he's, he was supposed to fight in one of those uh, free next cards. I can't remember which one. And it was canceled because he got positive of COVID. So, uh, you know, at his age, maybe, you know, he's 40 years old, maybe he won't recover as well or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. The other guy, the other big name that you mentioned that was on there, he fought Alexander Flores, was uh, Mike Mitrione. And Matt Mitrione. I love Matt Mitrione. Yeah. Matt Mitrione. Former NFL player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a good fighter, too. And he's he's had some really good good wins in his MMA career. Mirko uh, Krokop? He, did, he, did he beat Mirko? I think he did. I don't know. I can't remember. He he beat Fedor. He beat Fedor. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got a lot of good good wins, but he looked um, from what I saw, he looked confused, like he oh. wasn't he wasn't quite. Um, hey, do you have a turn your volume down a little bit? I don't know. I'm hearing an echo. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know how to do that because it's my headset. I'm gonna just plug it in. Pedro. You good? Leo, can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. You're just a little quieter now. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Mitrione, uh, like I was saying, was Mitrione was the one guy that I was hoping would go in there and, uh, you know, really show out and do something big with this triad combat. But he really looked like he was uh, maybe confused on the rule sets at times and the clinch and, you know, what the hell he was supposed to do inside the ring and just looked frustrated. So... Uh, I I would say uh, was he in, soundly beaten or which what's that was he soundly beaten like by the by uh by Flores or was he no 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 it was I mean he lost but it wasn't like it was a unanimous decision but he hung in there and I think just like working the clinch he wasn't quite sure what the hell he was supposed to be doing and uh, coming off some of the breaks he looked like he was pissed off I don't I don't know but uh. Anyways, enough about triad combat sports. I thought it was really cool. I'd give the event as a whole a B. I would give um, the matchmaking for that main event an F. And I would give Mike Perry an A- minus for his performance. I, I would give him an A. I'd give him a solid A. Mike, yeah, Mike, Perry, 
Mike Perry was the star of the night. I thought he uh, he showed up. He put on a hell of a show, and he took a fucking massive. Le- I think I think it was a left hand that knocked him down. I, it looked like he was going to be fucking gone. The stoppage. Now people are you 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 uh you look at like some of the social media sites and everything that cover the sport, and they're talking about a controversial stop for Frank Mir's fight. What? Who says I, that? I hope that they're saying it's controversial because Dan oh, yeah, Mergliata yes, let him hit get hit too many times. I don't. I hope that's yeah. what they mean by controversial. No, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, I, I don't think any fool will be fool enough to say something like that. <laughs> no, if if anything, it should have been stopped sooner. He was he was out on his feet. He looked terrible, and it's not the image you want to see a guy like him. You know, a yeah. legend of sport. Just then, Mergliata got trashed for that. They say oh, like yeah. uh, he, he wanted he wanted to let him die or something like that. Lot of yeah, trouble. his eyes were rolling around in his head. His head was bobbling. He was fucking. It was uh, it was hard to watch for yeah. for a guy that we all like so much. But um, a guy like that goes to, you know, he sh- if he wants to fight fighting MMA, at least you got you got the jujitsu. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's his we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about him a little bit more in a little while but there's a big ufc card coming up i mean there's a ufc fight night coming up yeah the front aldo is good yeah as well uh yeah that's about that and the The, the, okay the card is amazing actually the front aldo card as well sportive leads great just great every fight is is freaking good i must say the matchmaker of the ufc at this moment he's it's much better than the one in (laughs) trial you know which one i know which fight i really like on this card is um Afonso uh, Menafield against William Knight. That one's going to be. Ooh, that yeah. one is two big freaking monsters. Uh, that that one could end really quick. And the reason why I'm I'm really excited to watch that one. He William Knight is from about an hour from here in Hartford, Connecticut. He's uh, fought on a lot of local shows around here, and um, he used to fight at the Mohegan Sun right down the road from here. So I would. I'm pretty interested in that one. He's a beast, but like you said, there's a bunch of really good fights on here. Yeah, uh, but let's let's talk about let's talk about the main event though. Who do you got in that one? Rob Font, Jose Aldo, Aldo. huh? Aldo, Aldo, Aldo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Rob Font, but uh, Aldo looks really good in his last fight, and he's I don't know, he's he's more physical. I think he might break him. Like what I said, perfect. what I said about Aldo's last fight was that he looks like he's really settled in at that 135 pound weight class. Where at the beginning he, um, you know, he was thrown straight into the fucking fire with you know Marlon Marais and Peter Yan. Mm. So, he did good. He did, and then, but you know, he used to struggle to make 145. Now. He looks like he's really settled in and he beat Cheeto Vera and he uh and now and he you know schooled Pedro Munoz. So I think I'm honestly gonna have to agree with you on this one. I really like Rob Font. I love his boxing. I love the fact that he's a New England guy. He's right around me too. Um, but he is fighting an absolute all time legend. So Yeah, I'd be surprised if he wins. Uh, not like not like it's the biggest underdog ever, but uh, like I, I'd be fairly surprised if he knocks out Aldo or something like that. 
Does because that, of the decision, I don't think he, he wins. Does that launch – does the winner of this one get put right into a title fight against however they figure that whole fucking mess out with – right now it's – you got TJ Dillashaw, you got um, Aljo, uh, yeah. Aljamain Sterling, and you got Peter Yan. They got to figure that whole thing out. But Yeah, that, two, that, that's complex. You got a lot of contenders, so yeah. Right. The, these two got to be the next guys right outside the door, right? Knocking on those three. It's it's a three it's a three way party on the inside, and then the one sitting right on the outside are Rob Font and Jose Aldo, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they would get a title fight directly. I doubt it. Maybe maybe if it's Aldo, but I doubt if it's Font. I guess they, he will have to prove one more time. I mean, I'm pulling up Rob Font. If he beats now, listen to this. If he beats Jose Aldo, Sergio Pettis, dude, Sergio Pettis, Ricky Simone, uh, Marlon Marais, Cody Garbrandt, and then Jose Aldo. That's five in a row, all fucking badass dudes. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah, so I think that's got to be. Yeah, it. yeah, that, you're right with that. You're right with that. Yeah, and then all well, the CJ as well in the way. Um, what do they do with TJ? TJ, I don't know, man. It's it's rough. Like, does the winner of this one fight TJ Dillashaw? Because I think that they got to have Aljo and Peter Yan settle their differences there for the uh, interim, and they got to unify unify the uh, the belt. So there yeah, you if, go. If Aljo wants this fight, I mean, uh, he, he didn't like uh, got injured again there recently. I, I saw Sterling. Yeah, Sterling is like. He's got such a bad aura around him right now. He's got such bad juju. Everybody fucking hates his ass because he basically like the 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 acting job to win the title and then posting the pictures of him celebrating right afterwards like he fucking just had this tremendous victory and then he pulled out of a fight and he's you know injured and now I don't know man it, it's it's yeah. just it's not good, and I just wonder how long the UFC allows him to sit out without fighting before they just take the title from him and let Peter Yan, you know, fight TJ Dillashaw to unify a title. Yeah, that's. He <laughs> doesn't do like it's not all his fault. I guess this hate is like, but he, he doesn't help his case neither, uh, and he's trolling a bit and he's playing yeah. a bit and stuff and. It's Sometimes just not- I'm thinking if he's really like super, uh, you know, like because last time I saw he replied on Instagram to a bot or something like that. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because when he fought Cody San- uh, Sanhagen, uh, Corey Sanhagen, Corey, I always get Corey and Cody Garbrandt, the two names. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Corey Sanhagen, when he fought Corey Sanhagen, dude, he fucking surprised everyone. And put him out in the first round, right? He subbed him in the first round, made him look like he didn't belong in the ring with Aljo. And then Aljo goes in there and he's getting his ass fucking handed to him by Peter Yan, takes an illegal strike, and then goes for the Oscar, dude. I don't know. It's just like not a good look for him at all. I And I like Aljamain Sterling. I actually got to meet him up at Boston at the TD Garden one time. And me and Mike had a good conversation with him. And he's just a cool fucking down-to-earth guy. He's an yeah, East he Coaster. Like because yeah, he looks like it. I have no, I have no animosity towards him. I just, right. I just laugh a bit because it's it's, just... it's a laughable situation for sure. Um, Susan Walker says, "Did you guys see a picture of uh, Cody Garbrandt? Did you see the picture of him 
um, slim down to to one twenty five. I didn't. I wish he I could. Tall, uh, he's he looks like he looks like um uh like PJ Dillashaw did when he cut down to one twenty five. He just looks like a sickly guy. Yeah, that cut all into into the weights. Yeah, that Connor one forty five look. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> that it's a it's a it's a rough look, dude. He and I don't know, man. I guess they're gonna freaking foist his ass right into a title fight at one twenty five, because yeah. because who else are they gonna have fight Devison Figueredo? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's I don't like these massive weight cuts. I I think that. Cody probably walks around 155, 160, he- you know, healthy. So the mm-hmm. cut to 135 is enough. Now you're going to fucking take 10 more off of that. Next thing you know, you're calling up the CEO for EPO and you got to get some fucking, <laughs> you got to get some of that JU ice in your system so you can cut them last couple pounds, right, TJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we love TJ Dillashaw, though. That's for I sure. love him. I love him. I, I, I mean, I don't I know why great. some people hate some people that take steroids because they take steroids. And some people love other people that took steroids all the time and they even forget they took steroids. Like, I don't share so many. Uh, Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort, all, I mean, Vitor Belfort, nobody forgets that he took steroids. A lot of these guys <laughs> took steroids. And a lot of guys you wouldn't even think about took were, were popped for uh, EPO. Dude, so, fucking uh, a lot of guys. Brian T-City Ortega popped hot for illegal st- substances. Yeah, no, and yeah. nobody fucking cares about that. They all just love fucking baby blue eyes fucking Brian T-City Ortega. And I they just it's really unfair, like... Why the, all this hate against uh, certain guys? Uh, Big take... Ben, you know, for example, Ben Rothwell. Everyone hates him, says he's a cheater because he. Um, Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett, and uh, what was it? Was it Tim Sylvia that popped hot back in the day, and he said he just wanted to look good on a poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> he said it had. He said it had nothing to do with my performance in the ring. <laughs> yeah, Steroids did nothing for my performance. All all I wanted to do was stop looking so fat on a fucking poster. Uh, all love for Tim Sylvia as well. I, I, he, yeah, he got he got tough times with his arm and stuff. So yeah. So, dude, the next event after that one. Oh, just to... one thing about the last event. Uh, right. We're talking about there's two fights that are to look about is Rafael Fidzias versus Brad Riddle. Yeah. And this one's gonna be fire. It's gonna be fire. Super close. And uh, Clay Guida, Leonardo Santos for my own favorite veteran times, you know. <laughs> and the, any <laughs> anything with Clay Guida in it is is a good one. And also Brad Riddle, dude. They, like both of those fights, honestly, like you said, on the surface when you uh, when you just look at it, you're like, oh, skim down it. A lot of people won't know a lot of names. You Jimmy Cruz, I mean? Emma Hill. Yeah, crazy fight. Crazy. You got Jake Matthews. Yeah, Jake Matthews. Like Jake I said, Matthews, you got, uh, no, Alex wait. Morono, Mickey Go. You got Mickey Gall, Lewis Smoke on there. It's, Smoke there's a lot of a lot of well-known fighters on that card, so that's a good Manuel one. Manuel as well from Portugal, which is uh, incredible as well. Tudorovic, that's yep. uh, one of the best prospects from uh, the Balkans. So that one will be on December fourth, which will be my fortieth birthday, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. yeah, December fourth, nineteen eighty-one. Your boy you was born. Gonna huh? You're, you're going to skip the card then. Nah, I'll be watching it. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll be watching it somewhere. 
But fo- <laughs> yeah, following my birthday card, they Dana White gave me Jose Aldo versus Rob Font for my birthday, and I appreciate you, sir. Uh, Did you call? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I requested that one, so you know, and he gave. He's like, you know what? It's your birthday. I'll fucking give it to you. Um, I personally re- uh, requested Figueredo versus Brock Lesnar's return, and he, he didn't call me back for some reason. No, <laughs> he called you a goof and hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah, he called me a cockhead. <laughs> Dude, the pay per view UFC 269. It lost a big fight, which is very disappointing. Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal. We were finally going to get to see the result, the the resolution, the the. Uh, the 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 ending to the three piece in a soda fucking saga, but of course it got fucking ripped from our graphs again. So now we get, but we do have Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier. You got a Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. You got Jeff Neal, Santiago Ponsonavio, Kai Car France, and Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt's gonna make his debut at flyweight and see if he can get himself into a title fight with Figueredo. I know that they're, if he beats Kaikara France, he's in a title fight. But we'll show oh my, that's, and that's a tough fight. Like, but they put him right in the fire. Kaikara France is no joke. Dude, but you go ahead, you screw, you skim down there. You got, um, you got freaking Sean O'Malley, uh, on the card. You got Danny Gay. Yeah, Dan, right. D- Danny Gay and Josh Emmett is going to be a Josh Emmett. Dude, my gosh. Pedro Munoz, Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz. I'm telling you, I don't, like this card is amazing. Augustus Sakai and Tai Tuivasa, Shuey Man that, himself. That's the first fight is, is two guys that I, I think both guys went into main events, no? Which one? I'm not one? sure if uh, Tai Tuivasa went into a main event himself, but I, I know Augusto Sakai did. Yeah, I don't know. If... And it's the first fight of the card. Like, just to see how stack it is. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a really really good card. Uh, let's talk about the co-main and the main. Is the yes. co is the co-main? Be honest, is it even competitive? It's a gimme. <laughs> it's a gimme. You think so? I, oh my! I fucking hate that dude, and and I really. I don't know if I I I don't know if I'm just getting tired of Amanda Nunes. I really have. I've like. Her whole uh, her whole persona at the weigh-ins just annoys me. I don't know what it is. I don't know, and I I don't really have a reason to hate her. I just I I'm fuck. I, I know. I'll tell you why. I'll I'll tell you what it is. The the Amanda Nunes Valentina Shevchenko fights have pissed me off towards Amanda Nunes forever, and sure. that and that that second fight that Valentina Shevchenko was piecing her up that whole fight. One, three out of five, three out of five, maybe even four out of five rounds in that fight. Never got another shot at Amanda Nunes after that one. That's Amanda crazy. Nunes is not interested. Now it's she not, is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Back when that happened, they should have ran that fucking thing back right away because it was a that was a true MMA robbery right there. Valentina Shevchenko beat Amanda Nunes, and I'll say that till I fucking die. She didn't lose know. that fight. And Amanda Nunes, after that fight, was like, ah, she has to work her way. You know, she's not interested in that fight again. I've already yeah. beat her twice. I Why do I want to fight her moment. again? And, and, and it's, it, it went such to a point that I was rooting for German Durandami. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're rooting for Jermaine Durandami, you know, things have gotten bad. Yeah, really bad. 
That's true when she rocks her with the, the yup kick. Uh, it, yeah. You yeah, agree? Yeah. I don't know if Pena have some form of chance. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I wonder what the uh, – I mean, we can look it up. I wonder what the odds are right now on that. I bet you she's a massive, massive underdog. And it's not like Juliana Pena. Yeah, it's not like Juliana Pena's wrestling and jiu-jitsu is so good that, like, when she gets Amanda Nunes down to the, to the, uh, to the mat, you know, she has a very good chance of beating Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is still good on the mat, too. So She's going to piece her up. He's, and so after this one, the UFC has no other choice but to have a 125 versus 135 title fight. I'm telling you. They, better do. Or they, might, they might fight some other like miraculous newcomer girl uh, that they will say, oh, look, she got all her chances and she will get wrecked. Or Kayla Harrison, maybe, if they brought Kayla Harrison over from PFL into the UFC, give Kayla Harrison one or two fights and then throw her in there with Amanda Nunes. But the thing is, here's the thing. People will say that it's bad for business to to put a Valentina versus Nunes fight out there because you're going to lose one of your champions. No. But it's also bad for business to keep putting – these champions against fucking tomato cans. And I'm not saying that Juliana Pena is a can, but in, in Amanda Nunez's world, she's a can. I mean, just look at uh, Pena's record recently. Right. She's losing and winning. You know, it's, it's not, it's not. It's just bad for business. I understand where people say, yeah, you don't want to put champion versus champion because that, you know, that locks up two divisions if you know, Valen- what if Valentina was to beat Amanda Nunes? She's not going to defend both titles. How the fuck do you know, man? People don't know. Like she could, she walks around one forty-five. So Valentina Shevchenko could comfortably defend her one twenty-five title, and then two months later, easily defend a one thirty-five title. I think. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. that. Ta- she's that caliber of fighter and that caliber of athlete to where she could do that. And it's crazy when I um, when you think about it, how long the the Chepchenko brothers are fighting. They fought up to like two thousand five, something like that. Who's that? The Chepchenko sisters. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, since fifteen years, they're fighting MMA, like something like more. Like it's yeah. crazy. Val- they're not like young and stuff. I honestly think Valentina Shevchenko is is the, in my opinion, I think she's the best female. Mixed martial artists of all time, and I, I wish I, it was the female George Saint Pierre. Yes, that's a very good. That is a perfect <laughs> comparison to her, and like, that's the perfect comparison. Like, she is the GSP of the women's division, and there's and like some people might get bored with her fights or whatever, but you know what? I think she's technically the most crisp fighter out there. Mm. She she goes in with a game plan every single time, and she executes it every single time. So yeah, I I love technique as well. Like really, lot of spinning kicks to the body and stuff. Really looks like George type even sometimes the way she wrestles on the side mounts and and elbows the head and, and crucifix and stuff like that. That's that's really reminiscent of that. Yeah. I'm wondering what uh, Nunes will be the parallel of. Well, who I mean. What to compare Nunes to somebody? 
Yeah, except for Wanderlei Silva. <laughs> because it's already taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyborg's Cyborg. got Yeah, okay. So so if Valentina is the GSP and Cyborg is the Vandalay, <laughs> then that makes Amanda Nunes the Anderson Silva? No. Yeah. Vitor Belfort? Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort. Oh. Maybe Vitor? Oh, Vito, Vito, yeah, <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah, man. So she doesn't like... have the crazy arm bars of Vito, of Vito. She's not right. On the ground. Yeah, and Vito was was a you know he was a champion, but he was never like the level champion that Amanda Nunes is either. So yeah. that's why I that's why I said uh, Anderson. It's really funny, by the way, uh, Vito, uh, just uh, shortly uh, that Vito Belfort is such a legend while his career has been. Up like that for me doesn't have like a better career than George Josh Barnett, for example. And right. uh, Josh Barnett is way less famous. And he's another one that people just accept for the all the steroids. Like people hate TJ Dillashaw for EPO, but yeah. Vitor TRT Vitor comes in there and they they absolutely love <laughs> TR they love, love TRT Tor, but they fucking you know when he's off the sauce, they're like, ah, just Vitor. Uh, who really like to see like VRT, uh, TRT Vitor uh, destroying Olifils? I, I, I'm wondering. <laughs> I felt a bit bad, I, I must admit. Like, uh, it was a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. T- Vitor was supposed to fight Oscar De La Hoya, right? Oh, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, maybe I, I want what... to see that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all right. Well, hey, the main event of that. So, this is where I really want to get your opinion. Um, Charles Oliveira is about as good as it gets right now. His jiu-jitsu is insane, but he's also really sharpened his striking. He's good on his feet. He's good on the ground. He's really become one of the most rounded rounded out fighters in the world, and he sits atop the 155-pound division, and he defends his title against who most consider is the best 155 title. I mean, a 155-pound fighter in the world. Dustin Poirier. Yeah, yeah. Today, how do you how do you see this fight playing out? Oh my! Ah, <laughs> oh, that's tough. Uh, I mean, Oliver, if Oliver can hurt and knock out Chandler, he can't do that to Poirier. If it's... Poirier can knock out, uh, I don't know. I. I don't think he did knock out Justin Gaethje, but like, yeah, he did. Like, he can definitely knock out Charles Oliver, but Charles Oliver is breakable. That's tough. On the fields, they both can neutralize themselves. I, I give a tiny little edge on Poirier because he's more structured, more, more physical, maybe as well. Uh, but Oliver is longer. He's as well reaccurate on the strikes and he's really smart in striking. His ground game is better than Poirier, obviously. His wrestling. Um, I would say Poirier got the edge, but does he really want to put Charles Oliver on his back? So it's it's just like um, Dustin Poirier at this point in his career, dude. He hasn't. I mean, besides Khabib, he don't lose. He just fucking doesn't lose, and uh, he and he's beat the Showtime Pettis. Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor twice, Jim Miller, Bobby Green. Like, he has 
Eddie Alvarez. He he's fucking beat the best of the best. The only one that you know it's Khabib. I mean, it's it's you know yeah. most say he's the goat. Now that Nurmagomedov is in the reti- into retirement, Dustin Poirier is about as unstoppable at 155 as there as there gets. Yeah, yeah, as it gets because it's so so um, slender this division. Everything is so uh, close. Uh, when you you look, Ben El Dariush, Islam Makhachev, two guys that can beat Poirier mm. on paper. Uh, he's fighting Oliveira, another monster. Uh, there's still other guys on, on the way that are up and coming, that are monsters. So, yeah. I, I would go for Oliveira, but... Uh, You're going to say Oliveira? I, I don't know. Um, because Oliveira is on a crazy winning streak as well. He seems unstoppable as well in his last fight. He, mm. he toyed with Tony Ferguson like nothing. The the beating of Tony Ferguson was one of the worst like ever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that is that is like Tony Ferguson just didn't even look like he was in the same league as Charles Oliveira in that fight. And and unfortunately for for everybody, like um that that's a couple fights in a row now like that for Tony. So mm. you know who's he fighting next? I don't know, like who's. I don't think he has a fight lined up, but oh. I honestly would. I would love for him to be Connor's return fight. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, I'd like Connor to have um, uh, a tune-up fight. Uh, something would you, in would the you, middle. Would you call that a tune-up fight? No, I wouldn't. Uh, it would be tough for Connor, even if um, Tony is not. Maybe not the same that he used to be. I don't know. But do you, uh, do you think that Tony Ferguson? He, I don't remember the Justin Gaethje fight, but I don't remember him winning a round in that fight. So I think Tony Ferguson is O for his last fifteen rounds in MMA. <laughs> he crazy is, after being so dominant. You know what I mean? It's it's unbe- it's unbelievable. He has lost 15 straight rounds, two of them being just absolute beaten fucking uni- uh, uni- unanimous decisions between Darius and uh, Oliveira. Mm. But then Justin Gaethje knocked him out in the fifth after beating the shit out of him for four straight rounds. He knocked him out in the fifth. So it's like 15 it's, straight it's rounds. True, yeah, look at who he fought, like. Three of the biggest killers in the division. My three, fav- uh, three of my favorite, especially Darius and Oliveira for being champion. It's been it's been a few years. I'm I'm saying that Oliveira and Darius uh, are, are, the, are the two for me dark horses of the division. Do the you real think, dark horses. Do you think that Darius beats Islam Makachev? Oh, he got chances. Who can people like say I... that he is gonna get mauled and he's like four hundred underdog or something? That's so silly. Oh man, it, I would love to see what the uh, the Vegas odds are on Darius in Islam because I would put I'd put some money on Darius for sure. Oh, me. oh yeah. I, I think he's so damn good. He's and his his ground game is the one that I think can can last with Islam. Oh, you can neutralize him. Yeah, he, uh, he's an ADCC uh, not champion. But is he champion or ADCC? Or is it just like 
did he compete in the BCC? I can't remember if he won it or not. But he's like that level of grabler, like he's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but and he got better hands and and better power than Islam. Definitely I think so too. Oh yeah, he's got he's got really really nice knockout power too. So I I don't know if that maybe maybe you know do you know did they book that one yet? Is it? Is oh it, yeah, uh, I know, I know that I I saw that yeah 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 yeah, and I so, saw uh, that uh, the first odds were like plus four hundred underdog for Darius or something like that. When are they supposed to fight? Do you know? Can't remember. Can't remember. But that's that's one you got to put down on your calendar, man, because oh, yeah. I I'm super interested in that one. I think Darius is great. And, it's a big uh, step up of competition for Islam. Says right here, February 26, 2022, UFC Fight Night 203, Islam Makachev versus Benil Dariush. Everything's so it's gonna be on a fight night. They're Nobody's gonna injured. <laughs> They're gonna be, yeah, hopefully no one gets injured. He's gonna uh man, that's gonna be a good fight. I can't wait to see that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for for Iron Power. Like this guy. I, I love him. I, yeah, I just love Dariush. And yeah, nothing against Islam Makachev, but I've been yeah. a fan of Benil uh, Darius longer. So I would love to see him get himself into a title fight. And unfortunately, that goes through Islam. So he's he's a bit the Glover to show up. <laughs> no, but, but <laughs> not, uh, younger, obviously, and, and uh, less tedious with the striking. Because Glover is a bit uh, <laughs> wild, <laughs> to say the least. Glover, yeah, man. I'm I'm so happy for that guy. I'm so happy for Glover. I, I'm sad for um uh, for Blachowicz, honestly, because he I like the guy. He he's a great fighter as well. Uh, but um, that was a feel good moment. The Randy, the Brazilian Randy Couture. <laughs> <laughs> the Brazilian Randy Couture. He was um wasn't or he was Iceman. He was Chuck Liddell's training partner back in the day. Yes, Gl- he was Glover was fight, like in 2002. Food, yeah, something like that. crazy. Yeah, there was a someone did a picture of uh Glover from like 2002 when he was training with uh with Dana and uh and Chuck and it was like a side by side of him now and him then and other than a little bit of age in his face man that dude is in phenomenal shape at 40 the body. yeah whatever he is 42 43 years old right now holding the title yeah Fucking good for Glover, man. But hey, we wanted to do a thing for uh, for you guys that are watching, and for anybody that's tuning into this show um, afterwards. Uh, we want to spotlight some some old school fighters, and I'm going to spotlight one um, that was on the Triad Combat Sports event the other night. Uh, and the reason why I want to do mine is because I don't want people to remember Frank Mir. Now, I want people to remember Frank Mir for what Frank Mir was because that dude was one of the best, could have been the best heavyweight of all time. If he didn't get in his motorcycle accident at 24 years old and cut him down in his prime, I don't even know if he had reached his prime yet. That's the thing. He was a, he was a title holder at, a, at 24 years old and he gets in this, in this bad motorcycle accident. And I don't remember the list of his injuries. I know he broke his femur. I know he separated his hip. And I thought he did something else but he, it fucked him up pretty good and we, we never knew if frank was ever going to get back to what he was but frank Mir came back he fucking 
they threw him in there with Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was coming from the world of pro wrestling. And he's this monster guy that cuts from 300 pounds down to 265. And he's supposed to be the next big thing in, in MMA. And what's, what's Frank do? He knee bars his ass and fucking submits it. You know what I mean? It's like he, he, uh, it's controversial nevertheless, because, um, uh, Steve Mazak had to stand them up for controversial reasons. Um, right. But he also has like amazing. I'm going to try to pull up his record right now. I should have been more prepared for this, but, but Frank has like a knockout on big Nog. He broke big Nog's arm in a freaking, um, Kimura. The first guy to finish him by strikes and submissions. Strikes and submissions on on, um, Noguera. You got, you know, wins over Tim Sylvia. You got, you know, the Brock Lesnar fight. There, One fight I remember that sticks out in my mind, and it was later on. I mean, he knocked out Mirko Krokop with with a knee. But there was a fight. After he had elbowed and knocked out Big uh, Bigfoot Silva, they threw him in there with this up and coming heavyweight called Todd Duffy. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, Todd Duffy. Yeah. Todd he was, Duffy he was supposed to be a destroyer of world. Yes, he was. He was this big, jacked up, young, uh, young heavyweight. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> dude. I, w- I was, I was, um, I was at this. I was on duty. I was doing some mission. I can't remember what it was. I was. I w- it wasn't anything big. I was like leading some transportation mission for for OCS or something like that, some military thing. So I'm in my room and it was a fight night and I'm watching it and I'm like, fuck man, they're throwing Frank in there with this young guy who's going to fucking knock him out. And you know, he, he just came off of four straight losses and then beat Bigfoot Silva. And now, and now, uh, now he's getting thrown in there with this kid, Todd Duffy. Dude, he fucking folded Todd Duffy in half. Like when he knocked him out, I, I I saved a picture of it. Here's a picture. Now, this is not the best picture of Frank. He's looking kind of doughy. Right, but you know what? Time, so it's, 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 it's recent enough. Dude, he fucking demolished that kid. Like, it was unbelievable. And I was so happy. I was in my room. I just remember being in my room, like, jumping up and down for this. Because I really thought that they were feeding him to this young kid. Uh... But here's a few pictures of Frank. Guys, go back and watch. Oh, young, go That's back and watch. Yeah, snapping oh, the arm of Noguera. Oh, my gosh. You Such a brilliant practitioner. And, and that's why I, I was a bit sad to see him boxing. Because, man, look at the guy. His dominant positions, most of them are in the ground. If he wins on the feet, it's because he mixes it up with Muay Thai clinch, knees into the face, stuff like that. Uh, boxing yeah. is not his world. It's not his world. That's why I, I really don't like seeing him in these these new and like oh he's, my gosh. Look at the knee bar on, on, on Brock. So that's my spotlight fighter right there. You guys wanna you guys wanna check out a freaking absolute legend. Go go look at his catalog, man. Frank Mir. He's not the guy that has now lost ten of his last thirteen fights. He shouldn't be remembered like that. He shouldn't be remembered as a fucking bobblehead with his eyes rolling back in his head, getting fucking demolished by a heavyweight boxer he should have never been in there with. Frank Mir, uh, just some of his accolades real quick, and then uh, I'll let you do yours. He was a, you know, UFC heavyweight champion, interim heavyweight champion, submission of the night twice, performance of the night twice, 
Uh, second most wins in the UFC heavyweight division with 16. Second most fights in UFC heavyweight division history with 27. Most finishes in UFC heavyweight division 13. The dude is a fucking monster. He has eight submissions in the UFC. He's got the fastest submission in UFC history and for the heavyweight division, 45 seconds. Uh, it's just like I could keep going and keep going and going and going. Submission of the year in 2011. Comeback of the year 2011. Uh, defeated three different champions. Fought for the title five times. That dude's a legend. He's not that bobble-headed zombie that you saw on Saturday night in the triad fucking triangle. Frank Mir. Yeah, like uh, to add a little thing about that. If you want to understand how uh, big was Frank Mir at the time, you, you got to look at his UFC fights chronologically and look when he was young, when he arrived, how fast he was submitting guys, how easy it was. Like this guy was really, really gifted. Uh, uh, some people s- suggest that he was better than Fedor at this time, and, and he was he was the best in the world. Uh, and I kind of agree sometimes when I watch the footage. I'm like, yeah, this guy was freaking dangerous, smart, strong, and technical, uh, and quick. Um, everything you need to be a champ for a long time. And he's still teaching right now, dude. He's teaching at Syndicate MMA right now. But like, just look at his uh, look at his list of defeats. He beat Tank Abbott. That's how long ago this motherfucker was fighting. He beat Tank Abbott at UFC 41. Wes Sims twice. Tim Sylvia, uh, Brock got Brock Lesnar, Big Nog, Czech Congo, Miracle Crow Cop, Roy Nelson, Big Nog again, Bigfoot Silva, Todd Duffy. He's just got a he's got a list of names that he absolutely put to school and um. My spotlight fighter is Frank Mir. That's a great choice. All right. And now you right. go ahead there, Leo. Okay. Mine is older. He's older. He's is, is golden age MMA. But uh, I chose him because he's a guy that had all the elements of a modern fighter. And I think still today uh, that he would have been fairly competitive in the UFC. Uh, not say that he would have been breaking the top 15, but fairly competitive nevertheless. So I'm talking about Guy Mesger. Guy Mesger. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, that's a for- forgotten name by by many. But tell us a little bit why you uh, want to spotlight Guy Mesger. I-, I want to spotlight him because this guy is, uh, as you say, the forgotten fighter that's uh, maybe the best member of the Alliance then with, uh, f- of course, the Brothers Shamrock. Uh, Vernon White uh, and of course Guy Mesgard which is even a level above I think uh, of Vernon White this guy was uh, a, a, a true world beater when he was in his prime so uh, I did a bit differently my, 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 my expose um, I go a bit chronologically he's starting wrestling in high school uh, that got a 7th degree in Taekwondo uh, in the meanwhile and when he went out of high school, he transitioned to kickboxing. And he was um, really um, proficient there, uh, earning a 22 victory record and three defeats, 19 by KO. So this the guy is a legit kickboxer. Went, uh, anyway, if you look at his uh, fighting skills from early on to even later, uh, you can see a very good striker. Uh, and I go back uh, on it later. Uh, he becomes on kickboxing the WKC world champ in 1995. He was as well uh, on parallel before that a full contact karate career, 
and he would have like a, a record of 42-1, 40 kills. He would be the, 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 the US champion uh, in full contact karate uh, at this weight. And that's after that he does his transition to UFC, to the UFC 4 and 5 as an alternate. Uh, he got his two first fights there, uh, two wins, um, but that doesn't get selected to, uh, to the, uh, you know, as an alternate, you, you, you fight, you're in reserve, you, nobody's hurt, you just stay on the bench, basically. Uh, he, he meets uh, Ken Shamrock, starts training with the Lions then. Uh, at the time, the Lions then were the guys, you know, it, it was not the Black Zillions, a.k.a. Uh, uh, American top team. It was Lions. Then. It was the first one, the original and the best in the world. Uh, cross training, a bit crazy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Beating the shit out of the kids for a few hours, doing like uh, 500 push up, and then having uh, a 10 round sparring of boxing and crazy stuff like that. Um, so the guy uh, goes. A guy. The guy. Guy goes to Pancrase, gets uh, 16, 7, and two. Uh, and he uh, would get under his hat the, the honor of being a king of Pancrase when it still meant something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's seven. right. And who did he beat? Uh, he he beat uh, Funaki, Masakatsu Funaki, which is one of the two Japanese legends uh, with um, Minoru Suzuki. So if you're interested in Pancrase, you can see here the image uh, guy, re really cool. Belt, I love the Pancras King of Pancras belt, it's really really badass. Yeah, um, big ass trophy, too. Yeah, so Pancras, for the ones that don't know, is, is a is basically the same uh, for a lot of uh rules than, than UFC at the time, except for open hand strikes open hand. and padded uh knee guards and uh shin guards. Uh, when people think Pancras, they think Bass Root and, and they think uh Ken yeah. Shamrock. But and also, that's we got a little part in this story as well. Yeah, uh, not Ken Shamrock because he wouldn't fight his teammate, so they would avoid themselves a bit like Frank as well. Uh, uh, Lions and guys were really uh, close. That's something you can um, actually enjoy about them. Um, they ended up a bit getting a bit, uh, how to say under the, the radar after a while because they stopped training with new people and just kept the same old. Uh, but anyway, in his palmares during Pancrase times, you have Manabu Yamada, Minoru Suzuki, uh, Ryushin Yanagizawa, uh, all, all big veterans from Pancrase. So the ones familiar with early MMA will recognize them. The, all those guys have 60 fights, fought everybody at the time. Most of the time fought in Pride as well. Uh, you got Yuki Kondo, of course. Uh, one of the greatest uh, Japanese strikers at the time, uh, the Dutchman Semi Shield, that is kind of forgotten as well uh, today, but was a freaking terrifying striker that was like two meters twenty, two or two meters ten, something like that. Uh, a monster. The only guys he will look to uh, lose to, sorry, uh, will be like of course Suzuki, uh, further mentioned Shields, uh, Funaki, Kondo. Because um, you will go easily in circle in, in Pancras and fight three, four times the same guys. Uh, you had fights quite often. You will get less injured as well because there are no open hand to the, mm -hmm. no close fist to the face. You, 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 can, you can go um, close to, uh, to the body. 
And of course, he lost to Bass. Yeah, I mean, but who didn't at the time? <laughs> yeah, everyone did. <laughs> Except Ken Shamrock. Yeah. I think he's the only one that beats Bass twice and didn't lose to him or something like that. Anyway, that's uh, that's it for Pancrase uh, times. But during that Pancrase uh, career up to 1999, something like that, you will have few UFC apparitions. And one of them is really important. It's the UFC 13 in 1997. He will defeat, first of all, Christoph Leninger, uh, Olympic alternate. Um, an actually underestimated fighter as well, and a guy that I, I really like uh, because he was a real tough, real tough guy, like a real Olympic judo guy that came straight to MMA and had the balls to go and, and, and throw down with guys while not being a striker at all. Uh, he beats Leninger to uh, an actual difficult decision and then submits his authorities after um, uh, a, a, lose, a losing fight, I would say. Like he was getting smashed, to be fair. He gets him in a guillotine and submits Tito. I think uh, I got the picture there. Yeah. Uh, it's the picture where he's carried out. He's carried by all those guys. Yeah, this is uh, the Lions Den. right here. Yeah. And, and yeah, you can feel the, see the feel good moment after, um, after like uh, a while of beating. In the last seconds, he submits him. And uh, yeah. He beats the bad boy. Yeah. And the bad boy, Mr. Class, as Connor. And that's a legit victory. That's a legit victory. He, 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 he got him good. Fuck yeah, man. And uh, at the time, Tito Ortiz was all the hype. He was, uh, look at and him. That's, he, wore a, uh... he wore a shirt that said, Gay Mezger is my bitch. And like, <laughs> nowadays, you okay. wear something like that, you get smacked down by the, by the, uh, by the media for, for something. Yeah, like that. I know, I know. That, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I find that funny. Highly funny, actually. Um, Tito is a goofball. <laughs> he is a goofball. <laughs> Uh, so that uh, that picture you just saw is UFC 19, 1999. It's the revenge of Tito. He kills Gay Mesger. And the t-shirt you saw starts a feud that will be really important in the future of UFC with Ken Shamrock. And you can see as well, I sent you the picture where you can see Tito trolling Ken Shamrock. <laughs> and yeah, Ken right there, dude. Absolutely read this stuff. <laughs> yeah, the hunt, yeah, Tito versus the Lions then for sure, man. They all had a huge beef going mm -hmm. back then. That was amazing. I I love early anime. That's so funny. And yeah. Ken was he's so righteous and about respect and stuff that he couldn't stand that. And and just after that pictures he's taking John McAtee text Tito and just throws him away. <laughs> so. uh, anyway, um, so that starts the feud with the the famous uh, Tito Ortiz Ken Shamrock fight that will come years later and that will bring a lot of cash to the UFC and that will be really good for the business. Uh, but that will be it for the UFC and and uh, Mesger together. Their story ends up here, and he will have. Um, Quite a nice adventure uh, through in pride. pride in Pride for three years. Uh, so three years, but a lot of fights. That's something to you know, remember about him. He he fought a lot of big names too. Oh, uh, guy in did. Pride he did. And yeah, in Pride, pride he would be in his prime. That's yeah. if you want to look nice. Guy Mesger fights modern like modern uh, Guy Mesger fights, and the reason why I chose him as well is the Pride fights. First of all, he loses twice in a row. Uh, first to Akira Shoji, which is a really controversial de decision. 
And Kazushi Sakuraba, which is a wee weird story, I can't remember why, but there was a trouble with the way the referees were treating the fight, which was really biased towards Sakuraba, because Japanese were helping their fighters a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Ken Shamrock told uh, Guy Mesger to go back to his um, room and in the middle of the, of the break, the second round. So he just basically lost by disqualification for Lily because Ken Shamrock asked him to. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a crazy story. It's just yeah, like, it's... Oh, it crazy. I love Pride. Yeah. Uh, they, they, uh, what is uh, Chael Sonnen says, uh, you know, 90% of Pride doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. But that's just Chael talking. That's, just, that's, that's, that's Chael talking right there. That's a it, bunch of BS here. Like yeah, maybe 10% yeah. of, of Pride is fake. Yeah, 10, 15. Yeah. It's still a lot, but. Yeah. You will have 10, 15% of the fights. Um, but anyway, he, he finally gets his first win again uh, in a good kickboxing match that you can watch as well. That is really interesting against Masaki Sataki, which was one of the best uh, K1 kickboxers from Japan at the time. Um, then uh, it's his war with Vanderlei Silva. I got the picture I sent you. Um, he gets killed, but man, this is a war. And he gives it to Wanderlei. He hurts him couple of times um it's really close uh you can see all the skills of guy on on, on the face but the wildness of silva which was unstoppable at the time takes it and and he ends up getting crossed and gets knocked out cold something like that this is so this is vandalay in his like heyday too like vandalay was a was a goddamn world beater as you like you said earlier like uh to use a term you used, he was a world beater. He fucking nobody could beat Vandalay at that time. Like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like, you're going and, into uh, a buzzsaw. He gave, one, uh, he gave one of the best fights to Vandalay of Pride, uh, of the Pride days. You know, like, uh, that's 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 true. Like, Guy Mesga is totally forgotten for that as well. And it's crazy because that was that was a big feat on his on his record, even if he lost, I think. And let's also remember that 90% of the pride roster was juiced out of their fucking minds too. Like those guys were a bunch of straight up video game monsters back then. You know oh yeah, I mean? they, they actually uh, proposed the, the fighters to text series. Right. Uh, which they is were kind of crazy. Just all freaking warriors. Just to finish out quickly uh, with this guy. Uh, sorry, by the way, if it's, uh, if it's a bit too No, 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 no man. People are liking this. In, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, comments are, uh, they're impressed with your memory. And Susan says, wow, Leo is good at this. <laughs> I, I took some notes as well. I'm cheating. <laughs> for, for some fights, I, I But still, know. dude, of all of all my friends, um, you are like probably the most like historian when it comes to MMA. Uh, <laughs> the Like, you you did what I started to do. Like I had seen them all. I had seen most UFC events throughout my years. I'm a bit older than you right now, but when I was deployed, I started at UFC one and started watching them. And I made it. I made it to about twelve or fourteen. And then I just kind of like fell off the track. You know what I mean? I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. keep up. Couldn't keep I'm up. I'm mad with that because I restarted. I was watching UFC in the order, and I restarted uh, when I went to 2012, something like that. I, I stopped and I said, like, 
yeah, I'm watching UFC, but what about the rest? So I started back again. So when you started everything. at UFC one, when you started at UFC one and watched them through, would you what number did you make it up to? I can't remember once one hundred something. <laughs> that's, the ultimate fighter, you know. That's amazing, dude. I'm sorry, we're getting off track here. Finish out yeah, the sorry, uh, sorry. finish out the guy, man. Ah, so guy, 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 the guy, 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 guy yeah. <laughs> guy uh, is my D. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that was not nice by Tito uh, because guy seems like a really, really nice guy. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, so after his war with Silva, he gets uh, two more wins, um, which are uh, actually mildly recognizable names. Uh, Alexander Otka, uh, Russian origin Japanese guy, something like that, I think. And Egon Inoue, uh, which is actually one of the Inoue brothers, and they were two legit uh, fighters from uh, Hawaii. Um, and then uh, after those two victories that are quite uh, under the radar, you got the Chuck Little fight. It was the first Chuck Little fight when Dana tried his uh, his little uh, pride UFC, huh? <laughs> and uh, never did that again after ever. <laughs> after that, they just bought Pride. <laughs> yeah, they they they, just, they, they wrecked it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they bought it, wrecked it, and and did and did bullshit with all the fighters they had under yep. the roster. <laughs> So you you have the Chuck Little fight. Um, it was a, a two-up fight before the tournament that Chuck Little did when he beat uh, Alistair Overeem and then gets KO'd by uh, Rampage Jackson. Um, but this fight with um, Guy is actually really competitive for the first round. Guy hurt Chuck a few times. Uh, it, it's a really competitive fight. I, I advise you a lot as well. This, this, this fight is great. And on the second round, early second round, he gets knocked out cold by Chuck. A really nasty right, I think, uh, from what I remember. And his leg went, went, you know, like back and stuff. And he's like all like, you know, doll without strings. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> a doll without strings. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. Just uh, crumbled. Yeah, it just. Uh, that was that was a nasty knockout, and that kind of might have an effect on what will happen later on. But before that, uh, I just finish up with his mixed martial art career. He then loses closely to Ricardo Arona, yeah. and that guys Ricardo Arona at the time was an insane killer, juiced to top toes to to the hair. He was better <laughs> than Beffo, you know. He was he was. He was the guy, like, Ricardo Arona was a beast, unstoppable. Uh, and, and he still got a split decision loss out of Ricardo Arona, which is really, really, really impressive. I think Guy was getting to his prime. And what will happen after is, is, a, bit, um, uh, is a bit sad. He gets two more wins, uh, minor wins, other organizations, and then uh, gets a really, really sharp close decision to Little Nog. Um, he I think he beat Little, Little Nog in this fight, actually. It's a split decision, but it's considered the game to Nog, yeah. Uh, a lot of people think he beat Not Little Nog at the time, where it was crazy. And then uh, he was supposed to fight in the UFC again. He was supposed to fight Tito Ortiz, and that's one of the fights. When I learned about it, I wished I would be able to see it. Like I, I was like, oh my, that's so sad. Like that's why, did it, why did it fall through? He got a stroke. 
Like at least he got stroke-like symptoms. Damn. And that's crazy. He was 30 something. And um yeah, he had stroke-like symptoms and never found since uh, in anything. You know, uh, we're going to have to do one of these spotlights on one of the guys you just mentioned because Ricardo uh, Arona. Arona. If you look his friggin' record up, that guy has, like, one of the most impressive records you'll ever see. He don't have a shit ton of fights. He only has 19 fights. But, dude, he beat Jeremy Horn twice, Guy Metzger, uh, Dan Henderson, um, Dean Litter, Sakuraba, Vandalay Silva, Alistair Overeen, Marvin Eastman. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Even even Marvin Eastman, another forgotten fighter that was crazy good. One of the best fights ever in King of the Cage was Marvin Eastman versus uh, Rampage Jackson. Really close right. fight. And I it's think uh, like, Eastman won. It's just like uh, some of these guys, some of these pride fighters that people forget about. Like we should definitely, like we could definitely do like a whole show on pride. I would love and, that. And blow that, people's yeah. fucking minds because. Yeah. Um, People don't realize some crazy fighters that have gone totally forgotten. I mentioned Vernon White, uh, one of the most married guy in the business that started off with having a lot, a lot, a lot of losses and then started to become king of the cage champion, defending his belt, fighting Chuck Little and being competitive. I mean, I'll I, I definitely do one uh, about uh, Vernon Tiger White because it's one of my favorite fighters ever. Um. Yeah, just straight. Yeah, he's one of those guys that looking at his rec, looking at his record, doesn't really like. Hundred percent do, doesn't do the fighter any justice. You know what I mean? He got, he got he, as much defeat as victory, or maybe more defeat. He's got yeah. He's got more defeats than than victories, but like he fought legit fucking killers all the time. He started off his his uh, career. Like one in nine or something like that, but yeah, he yeah. fought a bunch he of fucking everything beasts. at the time. Yeah, and then you, like you said, he went on a he went on a run where he won like ten of the next twelve or something like that, and was beating everybody up. Got his record to almost fucking five hundred, and then lost a few more to end out his career, like all these guys do. But I'll tell you right now, man, that is a badass fucking breakdown of Guy Mesger. And uh, for oh, those who man. don't, what's that? <laughs> I say thanks, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I, lo- I, I love I, it. I actually, just to put a final point about that, because I like to talk about what they, uh, what, what they became. Uh, Guy, actually, he did a lot of commentating, uh, was involved in the organization. The one with uh, Chuck Norris, notably, uh, full contact organization with Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuck, what was it? Uh, combat, the World C- Combat League. World Combat League. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. WBC. He was no, called no, up no, on no. WC- for them. WCL, that's what it was. W- World Combat League. Yeah, that, that actually, the, they, the World Combat League came to um, the casino right down the road from my house. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, 20, right. 20 minutes from my house back in the day and actually uh got to see one of those things They're very cool i didn't get to meet chuck chuck norris though so i was disappointed oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i think he gets a phd in uh, something in uh, bi- um, biological medicine something like that and he's making a lot of money <laughs> good for <laughs> him <laughs> man. and that's good for him uh right 
keep it on, uh, guy. You're, you're, you're great. And um, oh, he had a fight. That, that's true. I mentioned that as an anecdote about him. He had a fight in altercation in 2011. So he went to a, 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 a little shop, something, and there was a guy menacing a lady with his knife. And, and, and guy takes uh, opposite himself to, 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 to the altercation. The guy slices his finger. Uh, um, not completely, but he's slicing a, a nice bit. And the guy, uh, the dude that sliced his finger, got uh, to the hospital with uh, multiple facial bone and arm, arm fracture <laughs> 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 to the face and to the arm. <laughs> so, so guy smashed him up. He fucked him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. That's funny. He's only fifty-three years old now. Man. Yeah, you, so... got, you got the picture on the uh, that I showed you. Oh, uh, when he's older, and this one here, yeah, and it, it's like a few years ago, but you can see, like, he, he didn't age that much, he's still looking yeah. good. Yeah, he aged well. He's he's 53, and you said he got his PhD in some sort of medicine or something like that. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's something where I think they're doing some kind of um bio cells stuff and and really high new technologies. Uh, that's awesome from, from what I from what I heard, like, and well, that's good. You know what? That means he probably got out of the sport at the right time. Unlike, you know, what I mean, I don't like, I don't want to shit on other guys that were from his era, but like Chuck Liddell nowadays, I, you, if you ever hear like an interview with him, you can tell that he took a few too many fights. He should have hung it up early. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, and, and and you could see the damage in some of the some of the speech of some of these guys. And for I this dude, it's not only the fights. I reckon it's as well the, the magical powder. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, maybe. Amazing for him. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to see a guy like that succeeding after after uh, being such a successful um, athlete in the sport, though. As, as yeah, well, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Game as girl, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. It's 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 amazing. It's one of the few. Uh, I'm gonna probably do again uh, Lions Den fighters. There is other ones, Trateligman, for example. That will, I would definitely talk about this guy's crazy story as well. Um, now, if you were gonna um, tell people that are watching this, uh, one or two fights to go back and watch by from guy, which 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 two, which two fights would you say go back and watch these two? Two fights. Two fights, I don't know. Like for me, already the you, you have three fights to watch uh, to play. Wanderlei, even if it's a defeat, Chuck, even if it's a defeat, and um, uh, you can choose Sakuraba or uh, Nogera because the Sakuraba fight is great as well, and I think he wins it and he beats Sakuraba when he was beating everybody. Uh, for the UFC, watch the watch the Tito fights. Yeah, they're, watch they're the cool. two Tito fights. They're for cool. sure. And uh, if you want to watch a Pancras fight, just one. If you don't really like Pancras, uh, watch the one where he gets his belt. I can't remember which one it is exactly, uh, but it's when he's fighting uh, uh, Masakatsu Funaki. So you check on, on YouTube, on, on uh, Wikipedia, or Topology is record. You check the Masakatsu Funaki victory. That's the one when he gets uh, the, the King of Pancras belt. Awesome so stuff, Leo. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. It was good to catch up with you again. Um, Absolutely, brother. Before before you go, before we wrap this thing up, I'm gonna throw up a, the three next events, and you're gonna give me your final prediction for the next three. For the mains. 
the next three main events, starting with this one right here, Aldo Font. What you got? Aldo. Aldo. Decision. Aldo. You, you think it's going to be a finish or a decision? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm getting for finished. For finished. I don't know. Something. Something. <laughs> I like TK. the poster too. That's a cool poster they got. It's a right great there. poster. It, That's it a great poster. Cool. Font Aldo on my birthday, December 4th. Take a look at that one. The following week after that, December 11th, you got the big, big pay-per-view. But the main event was, okay, co-main. Give, give, me, give, me uh, give me your co-main. Failure! <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> if it happens, uh, I'll do something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I'm happy if that happens, but okay. uh, no, Nunes. Nunes by uh, KO. Olivera. Olivera. By? Um, Olivera by? By submission. By submission. By triangle <laughs> In the third round. <laughs> third round submission by freaking Dubronx. Oh, my God. And then the final one, you got um, you got freaking De uh, Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins in the main event and the final event of the year for BK uh, for the UFC December 18th in yeah. their, their final event of 2022. Uh, let's get first the co-main Wonderball versus Bilal Muhammad. Okay. Wonderboy. Wonderboy over Bilal Wonderboy, Muhammad. Wonderboy, uh, Wonderboy via, it could be a decision. It's a free one, so it could be a decision. I think it will be maybe. Or if it's a KO, it's on the um, Wonderboy side. I don't see any submissions there. Uh, for the main, um, it can be really boring as it could be a great fight. But I don't think so. And Daukas is one of the most underrated uh, fighters in the heavyweight division right now. I think he can finish Luis, but good chances. I I'm really wanted, wanting to, 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 pick, to pick him for the win by TKO. But I, I think Derek Lewis will win anyway. But yeah, you know what? You know what fight is um, going to be quite possibly the fight of the night on that card is uh, Cub and the damaged Derek oh, Darren oh Elkins. My <laughs> oh my god! And and you're taking me by the feeling saying that because it's a veteran fight, right? Yeah. And it's not a slaughter. It's not like you take. Uh, Cub Swanson and put him against a newcomer that is like coming from Dagestan. Nah. It's gonna fuck him up. <laughs> it's two guys that love violence. Darren Elkins bleeds like a stuck pig every time he goes out there. So there you go. Leo says Jose Aldo by submission by uh by a by a finish. By a finish. You got I guess a TKO. That's it. Amanda Nunes by knockout, Charles Oliveira by submission, and Chris Dawkins by TKO. That's what you said, right? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I keep with uh, with Delcas. Yeah, yeah. I keep with, with him because I think I think he's really underrated. Yeah, me and too. I like him. He's, he's a good guy. He's a cop and stuff. Like he's, he's yeah. All right, my man. Thanks for coming by live with Leo, guys. I have every other Monday off. Me and Leo might start doing these more often. We're gonna start spotlighting old school fighters and talking about current events. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will. Uh, Talk to you soon. What do you th what do you say? See you guys. Talk to you soon. And uh, next time, probably gonna present uh, Lions Den again. So there you go. Ready. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good day. See you Peace. guys.